What a pleasure it is to welcome CISPRO to What's Next. And uh, today we're going to be chatting to Mark Wilson, who's the Chief Executive Officer for CISPRO for the EMEA region and the India region. Um, and firstly, it's great to see you, Mark. How are you doing? I'm fantastic, Aki. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. That's a great pleasure. You know, um, CISPRO is one of those companies that's been around for a very long time uh, and, you know, synonymous with uh, ERP in the ERP world. But before we go on, I mean, what exactly is ERP? Uh, uh, because people often get confused with exactly what ERP does and why it's used in business today. So, okay, ERP is uh, Enterprise Resource Planning, and basically that's a software system that encompasses the entire business from finance, manufacturing, supply chain, procurement. And if you think back on it, if you go back to the late 1960s, business applications were sort of coming to the fore with accounting and finance. And that sort of, sort of was a demise of bookkeepers. Fast forward to the 90s and the vendors that were producing finance and application, finance application suites basically introduced material resource planning. And Gartner, being the analysts they are, came up with the acronym business, with a business acronym called ERP, which is basically enterprise resource planning. And in essence, it's really just an integrated view of the entire business and how you run your business. So it's a 360 view of your business. And, and very critical in today's digital world, right? And it certainly has evolved so much since, uh, you know, the time that you spoke about today with all the different data points that we have, it's now become a very, very sophisticated and essential part of any business. I mean, when you look at those key functions that ERP can perform, what would those be? So, so, so you touch on a good point. So I think, you know, obviously today there's a lot more digitalization, a lot more automation, but the underlying fundamentals are still accounting, procurement, risk management, compliance, and supply chain. But where ERPs really, really add value is when you start talking about complicated business environments. We've got complicated bills of material where you're having to produce goods for the market. Or if you're in the food and beverage industry and you've got recipe management and you're having to put all this together to meet the market requirements. And that is now another level of complexity. So you've got the digitalization, the underlying fundamentals, and then you bring in this recipe management bill of materials. And a topic of discussion currently in South Africa, of course, is traceability. Traceability is almost a non-negotiable if you're producing goods and customers would like to know, should something go wrong with the batch, you have to go all the way back to stores. And that is what the value is of ERP. Oh, and, it, and it's quite sophisticated as well, because if you think about the fact that, um, you know, when ERP first started off, there wasn't something like uh, e-commerce, for example. Uh, so that even plays an even uh, another layer of complexity into the entire equation. Now, is there, is there a good return on investment for ERP software? You know, we often hear about the cost of it, but is the return of investment good? So Aki, what, what you tend to do is when you're looking at an ERP decision, you need to look at it from two points of view. You need to look at it from a tangible and an intangible point of view. And generally the tangibles would be, how can I control my inventory? How can I control my materials? How can I control my labor and my production? So if you go back to inventories about how you get your raw materials, your work in progress and your finished goods, manage them, looked after better. And you go down to your procurement and you start looking at how you can make your optimize your supply chain with different um, suppliers, making sure you get the right products, there's less wasted, you're working just on time. 
And then when you've, once you've got the goods into your warehouses and producing, you need to make sure that you're product, producing goods at the optimal level. You're making sure you're getting proper throughput from your machinery, proper throughput from your labor force, because we all know those are the sunk costs that people just forget about quite quickly. And then when you go down to intangibles, because it's a 360 view of your business, you bring standardization across your organization from different areas and different parts of the business. So you've got different views of life, but you can manage your business in different structures. And that's the essence of what ERP really gives you. It's an integrated 360 view of your business. And ideally, it should all be real time. One of the fallacies are that when people do talk about ERP is you don't necessarily do cost reduction from a resourcing point of view. So you might do away with some of your automizations. You talked about e-commerce, dig digitalization, automation. So that will bring some value. But when you come down to it, I mean, you're going to bring a different quality of skills into your organization, which will be more about interpretation of data and how you can differentiate yourselves in the market to build market differentiation. And I think that's the essence of what the real ROI is in running uh, CISPRO ERP. And I guess, you know, um, when you talk about uh, all that complexity that you've just spoken about, I think ERP really, um, you know, sheds a light on your business that you wouldn't otherwise see. It would be impossible to see it uh, doing it in a manual process like they did, you know, hundreds of years ago. And I guess that uh, just the cost savings on doing things right uh, without the wastage, without the time wastage, etc. I mean, those are critical factors. But when you think about ERP, I think about big businesses, right? Um, but I guess that there's been massive democratization in technology today. So the question is, can small and medium-sized businesses implement ERP within their businesses? Absolutely. I think SMB does not talk about, it talks generally about resources and the amount of people you've got in an organization. It doesn't necessarily talk about business complexity. And if you go back to what we spoke about earlier about recipe management or bill of materials. If you've got a complicated manufacturing process, you need to have the right tools in place to talk about the benefits that we talked about earlier, making sure your inventory is under control, your production is on time. So I think really what happens, Aki, in the biggest scheme of things, is it doesn't really matter how big your business is, there is an ERP out there that will add value to you and help you drive your business and hopefully future-proof your business for the future. So that's the essence of this. If you invest today, as your business grows, and if you do make IT part of your strategy, you can then scale out in your business as much as you, as you grow in the future. And I also guess that um, what I'm hearing from you is that, that ERP adds a competitive advantage, right? Because um, your competitors are going to do that, and they're going to be a lot more agile and a lot more efficient in how they run their businesses, as opposed to, let's say, a small business starting out that doesn't have an ERP system. So you need to take a, a really serious look uh, at, at whatever size business you are, and you look at your growth trajectory over the next few years, and it, in how you're going to implement this ERP solution. Now... I've, I've heard of stories that, you know, it takes a while to get an ERP solution implemented. How long does it take? I guess, I guess it's how long is a piece of string? It's the size of the business, right? So how long would it take to implement an ERP system? You're right. It is as long as a piece of string. It really is. You know, we've had projects that have gone live in a couple of months and we've had projects that have taken months into years. And, and, and the essence of the drivers generally comes back to business complexity, scale, and if you're running a few SKUs and it's not a complicated business environment, you can do a rapid deploy and be quite quick in deploying your business. But if you've got highly complicated supply chains and 
thousands of SKUs, all of a sudden your business complexity becomes a whole different beast to manage. I think there is no simple answer to how it is. What customers tend to do is they tend to maybe do a quick deploy or a, a rapid approach to get certain business value immediately through the organizations. And then they do the second and the third phases later. So we're seeing actually since COVID has come about, we're actually seeing more and more customers doing a phased approach. So it's another you know, big bang approach. They're doing a phased approach. Let's get the financials right first. Then we can start in parallel doing the bills of material, building up the SKUs and everything else that goes with it. So customers are doing projects at a different approach to big bang before COVID came along as well. And I guess, Mark, that's the great thing about ERP, right? You can you can actually take it in block sizes and build. Uh, you know, you don't have to do everything at once. You can start with accounting, then you can start with procurement. You can add those blocks as you go along. And I think it's mm. it's less intimidating, I guess, uh, doing that. But when you look at a business and uh, and, and the question is, how, how does a business actually start on deciding on, on, on an ERP? I mean, at what point do you say we need an ERP and how do you decide on what ERP system? Mm. So I think there's two elements to this. I guess I think the first thing we need to look at is, of course, to understand that there's a business issues and then there's the strategic issues. So strategically, in the past, IT was having got enough horsepower in the data center to run the environments, is a network working and all that type of stuff. What's happened over the last two years, once again, because of corona, you're seeing more and more disruption happening in go-to-market. So that you talked about earlier, that e-commerce element is becoming more and more relevant. So people are now being touched at many different areas of the business. So what I mean by that is you'd have an online portal, you'll do e-shopping through a, a retail outlet, and all this is sort of driving it. So what you're seeing is all of a sudden, IT has got a strategic position at the board level more and more because it's not just about is it the right product and is it the right gross margin for the market. It's about how you can maximize leverage, and it's a global village these days. Then you bring it down to the business practicality of what you're looking for. And that's where it really, really becomes interesting because this is going to sound so simple to say, but you need to understand what your business actually needs and what its real goals are. And once you've identified that, then it becomes a lot more easier. And what we often see is customers think they understand their business environment. And once we do process mapping with them to understand what works and what doesn't work, we start realizing that, what you don't know, you don't know. And that's when they start seeing some of the business benefits that come out of it. I think the next part of that, that your question is to understand the true functionality that you would really look for from an ERP provider. So every vendor's got a different areas of strength. So Cisco is strong in the manufacturing and distribution area, as an example. And then we've got certain industries which we are very, very good in with rich functionality, which needs to talk to different business requirements. So you also need to assess the depth of functionality they actually are buying from your ERP provider when you're going on this journey. And I suppose the final thing is to understand that an ERP implementation is not just about, let's put the solution in. Because business changes every year, every two years, your ERP system continually needs to be evolved and developed as you go forward in your business. So I think that's a really, really key element. So if you had to recap from an operational point of view, understand exactly what you're looking for, what you don't know, you don't know. Therefore, you need to make sure you find solutions for it. But most importantly, continually invest in your ERP solution because it is the backbone of your business. If you 
Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. And it, it's almost like you, you're shining a spotlight on your business, you know, and some of the things that you, you wouldn't have seen before, you're going to see now. And then I guess those ultimately, those are the benefits of an ERP system, where you're adding that, uh, that functionality, the automation, the, the, you know, just doing business and having a better control of your business. Now, the question is, now just chatting to you, Mark, you were talking about, you know, we spoke about manufacturing, for example. Now, the question is, who is the ideal customer for an ERP system? I guess with manufacturing, you can see that it's an ideal system, uh, you know, distribution, I guess, as well. But is there an ideal customer for an ERP system or can it be customizable and tailored to any kind of business? So I think who's the ideal customer? I think, yes, manufacturing and distribution. And, and what often happens is businesses start off small and they just do bolt on. They've got different types of software that they bring in. They've got complicated IT environments. It's very time consuming to run. Sales are disconnected with the customer experience. Accounting takes too long. So if you put all of those, if any of those are your problem children, then you need to be looking at an ERP provider. If you're not offering customer value to your customers, you're not, you need an ERP because otherwise you've just got too much complexity through your business. And then when you go down to certain industries, yes, there's different nuances and subtleties. So we can tailor the solution. So it is quite different between a beverage environment to an automotive customer, as an example. But there's an overlying arc and principles and governances that you need to meet across all of these structures. And we talked about traceability earlier. That becomes a key driver in how you drive your business to make sure you're, bringing, you're putting yourself in a position of not being exposed to risk. And I think that's what ERP fundamentally gives you, that real-time view, 360 view, and effectively gives you business value without the business risk that goes with it. And I'm so glad you touched on the customer experience, right, Mark? Because at the end of the day, uh, in the world that we're living in today, with all the complexity and how competitive things have become, at the end of the day, it's all about customer experience. Um, if you don't have customers, you don't have a business. So you've got to make sure that every bit of your backend systems are functioning properly in order for you to deliver that experience to your customer. Um, and I think that's very, very, a very important point that you did make over there. Now, obviously... You know, with these kind of implementations, you know, support and training are very, very key. As CISPRO, what, what kind of training and support does CISPRO offer to their customers? So if, if you think about it from a customer environment, if a customer does an implementation today and they've got a 10 or 15% staff churn, generally speaking, every five or six years, they're losing the IP that they've developed over those years. So one of the things CISPRO looks at very seriously is, how we can enable our partners and our customers to continue to unlock the value of CISPRO. So if you've got a staff turn of, let's say every six years, you've got a new people in there, you, you, you have a diminishing knowledge of how the system adds value and the functionality that it can be derived from it. So what CISPRO does is we've got a CISPRO Learnit channel, which allows our partners and our customers to log on and just basically understand the basic rules of how we do it. And we are strong advocates in driving this. So we've got the usual online stuff. Obviously now virtual has become far more trendy of late. Everyone's in the trend of doing virtual classrooms. And that's been a big change as well, because now when you do classroom training, people rock up for a day or two or a week, but you're doing virtual, it becomes two hours in the morning on a Wednesday, two hours on a Thursday, Tuesday of next week, another two hours. So you're having to change your whole approach as well. 
So if you take all of this between the online stuff, the virtual and the classroom training, CISPRO tries as much as possible to bundle this with our customers' HR teams. So this becomes an integral part of how their career development progresses as well. So they can, they can keep the value of what they're investing, but also become something that's important for HR to make sure that they've got the right people in the right places doing the right jobs. Okay, well, that's good to know. It's very reassuring for your customers that there is that support and backup because you do need it today. I mean, when you talk about the customer experience, I mean, these are your customers, but how do you ensure that that customer satisfaction for those CISPRO clients? I mean, it's a tough ask because it's a, it's a tough environment, but I, I guess that you guys have thought about that quite deeply. Aki, <laughs> customer intimacy or customer experience is something that is so close to my heart. You know, I'm one of the terminologies I always try and drive with my staff is, is how you make a customer feel when he puts the phone down after they've just engaged with your organization. If they turn around and say, they were special, they really made me feel like they cared and they were empathetic to my business. So how do we do it? CISPRO's got a strong partner community, which gives us reach and coverage to be close to our business businesses that we're busy operating in. But what do CISPRO do in parallel to that? We've obviously got the education element. We've got key account executives that work strategically to understand where customers are going with their vision, and we try and build the gap with it. And if CISPRO doesn't have all the solutions, we try and be that trusted advisor to help them decide what they would like to do in their future IT vision. And then we sit down and we start to see how we can integrate all the solutions together to get the optimal solution for the customer. But I suppose the essence of the message is if you are not offering customer experience or customer intimacy or putting the customer first today, your business doesn't have a future. That is a strong statement, I know, but I think that's the only way you can really differentiate yourself in this highly, highly competitive environment we all operate in today. Uh, spot on, Mark. And I mean, you, you're talking about long-term relationships over here that you need to start building because, you know, the, the, investing in an ERP system is not something you shift across um to another system and move to different technologies along the way this is a, a long-term solution that uh you know calls for long-term partnerships and and and, and, a, and a great deal of trust with your customers so i'm glad you take the, the that customer experience as a cispro client uh so, so important in in your stride so thank you very much for that insight i've certainly learned a lot about erp and erp systems i i had some notion about what erp does and you know i've dabbled in it and and had some experience with it but uh, it, it's quite interesting to hear how complex it is and how complex it has become in the digital world that we're living in and i guess that with more data that we are generating, it's something that's going to become even more sophisticated and it must be a massive focus for CISPRO to keep innovating because this ultimately calls for lots of innovation going forward, right, Mark? Absolutely right. So, so when you talk about ERP, you're generally talking about a few sort of elements and it's about the collection of data, the storage of data, the interpretation of data. And these are elements that you sort of want to build into your your, your IT strategy, not only for CISPRO, but for our customers as well. And then you want to bring in, as you correctly say, you want to bring in modern features where a customer feels like he's dealing with a phone almost in an ERP type environment. It can't be that old green screen type of philosophy that traditionally worked and giving some of our ages away here. But in the reality is everyone now wants to have tiles or panes on their screens and they want to have intuitiveness on in how they operate. 
And that's some of the value that CISPA just inherently built into its product. That's just about being relevant, I suppose. The fun, fundamental underlying functionality is still there, the depth of knowledge, but you want that, that user experience to be at a whole new level. And that is clearly a focus of how we're trying to see and remain relevant in the, in the current day and age. Mark Wilson, the Chief Executive Officer for CISPRO for the EMEA region in India. Thank you so much for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you, Mark. Thank you very much, Aki. Much appreciated. Thank you.